You're listening to Practically Catholic with your hosts, Natalia Schumann and Father Anthony Federico. Hello out there. You guys are listening to Practically Catholic. We are so excited. This is the first episode. I feel like we need a noise. Volume one. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> um, my name is Natalia Schumann. I'm a missionary with Family Missions Company, married and have three little ones, seven, five, and three. So I am a mom, a mom. And I'm joined here with one of our good friends, Father Anthony. Hi, Natalia. I'm Father Anthony Federico. I'm a Catholic priest. I'm from Connecticut. And I am very excited as we begin this journey together, this podcast endeavor. This is very exciting. Um, so, hey, Father Anthony, we have started this podcast, and my husband went ahead and introduced me to Marvel movies. Are you a big Mar- Marvel fan there? Superhero movies? Not a movies? huge superhero guy, big movie okay. guy, not a big superhero guy, but I'm told that all good superheroes have an origin story. An origin story. So I think I wanted to just start this uh, podcast off with our origin story, who we are, how we met each other, what life looks Why like for us this? Yeah. Let's do it. All Would right. You like to go first? No, I want you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, okay, I'll go, I'll go first a little bit. So, uh, ben and I went ahead and joined a family missions company as foreign lay missionaries in 2014. We'd been married for a couple of years. We were we had one child, a little two-year-old girl, and we were pregnant with our second. Um, but that's where I'm going to stop the story because somewhere along the line, you got introduced to us, or you found us. Like what I how how did you get to know about us? For sure. So I am one year ordained a priest, praise God. Woo! And before that, I spent six years in seminary in Washington, D.C. And on one night in seminary, I was hard at work studying, a.k.a. procrastinating on the Internet. <laughs> YouTube surfing? Yes. YouTube, Twitter, and all of the other ways to distract yourself from writing a story about the rite of baptism in Jerusalem in the fourth century or something like that. Ooh. And I come across this story on some Catholic website, I forget which one, about this family that has a kid and is pregnant with another kid, and they are like this young, vibrant couple, super devout, and they're else. taking their young family to live in Latin America and to preach and proclaim the gospel and to work with the poor. And here I am thinking, congratulating myself. Oh, you've given so much for the Lord. You're in seminary. You're giving your whole heart for the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm reading the story about this family that is living with the poorest of the poor with a little kid and another one on the way. <laughs> and I was so inspired. Like, this is, this is what the gospel is like. Will you give everything to promote the God. This is the gospel. I was so jacked up by the example of this young couple that I sent them a gift. 
to support their mission. And I got a handwritten thank you card. Whoa, I didn't remember that. <laughs> from the wife. And it was with, you know, like a little pamphlet updating the updating all their benefactors and donors about what they're doing and who they're ministering to and their needs. So I, um, you know, I made it a regular practice to support them whenever I could. And we might have exchanged an email or two over the years. But then fast forward to 2019. In okay, the spring, wait, wait. we haven't really had I have to you go now. I have to pause you there. I have to pause you there. Um, first of all, because okay. this is the first time that I've ever heard this story, and I'm, first of all, so amazed, and second of all, everything really looks so much bigger and better on the internet, so you gave us way more kudos than what we actually deserved. We literally are just responding to what God is asking us to do, and I didn't have that much virtue at that time. Maybe still don't, but <laughs> I didn't have that much virtue. I literally was like flying by the seat of my pants going, okay, Lord, you called us into missions. Okay, we'll leave our family and our home and everything. I didn't realize the cost at all when we went ahead and started. So you gave us way too many kudos. Did Jesus but... say something about counting the cost before you take on a big project yes. or something like that? You know, it's funny that you should go ahead and mention that because maybe... Uh, three or four months ago, we had a small group here with a bunch of married women. And that was the gospel for the day that we were talking about in our community prayer. And all of us around the circle were like, man, the cost is different from when we signed up to be missionaries to now, you know, Ben and I are now in our sixth year of, of being missionaries. The cost is different. Like there's different things to consider every time you step in as a disciple of Jesus it, the, I don't know, maybe it gets weightier when you, you know, as your family grows larger, as like your kids grow older, as their needs get more prominent. Yeah, it's just, it's just weightier. It's just, it just costs more. So anyway, fast forward to, we had some awesome email exchanges. I feel like you were an incredibly on fire seminarian. And I just liked reading your emails because I felt better about myself <laughs> and what we were doing. Because <laughs> truth be told, I'm sitting there in Mexico going, are we even making a difference? I can't speak the language. Did I actually say something that I wasn't supposed to say in Spanish, <laughs> which probably happened often. But um, anyway, fast forward to 2019. And Ben and I have left Mexico. The Lord has closed that door and moved us on to another chapter. And we say, okay, Lord, what's next? And he's given me this big dream to travel the country in a camper that so a great family friend of ours went ahead and let us borrow. They weren't friends at the time. They just were generous people at the time. Now they've become great friends. And so anyway, we're traveling around the country and we want to go ahead and give back to all of our all of our benefactors and supporters and people who have just loved us along the way and in the journey. Um, and we reach out to Father or a deacon. You were deacon at the time, huh? Right. Deacon right. Anthony Federico and say, hey, deacon, we're going to be swinging by your way. You want to meet each other? <laughs> in human real life. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we did. We came to D.C., right? We met you. You were super generous. Came to the seminary. Yeah, came to the seminary. We got to see the, what did we, what did we get to see? The National Shrine? The Basilica of the National right. Shrine. What's the title? That's right. Look at you. Good, yeah. good Catholic recall. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, you gave us this I great tour. What do you remember? Yeah, I remember standing on the front steps of the seminary as you guys pulled in in this huge 
gigantic vehicle. <laughs> Our mission vehicle. How, I can only imagine how many miles you had just driven on that like cross-country benefactor tour because when you got out, it was like a mix between like, you know when in the circus when the clown car stops in the center ring and all the clowns start to get out and it's like... <laughs> And it's like we were all the these kids are pouring out. Three, all these kids. <laughs> oh but, my gosh. Know, and then I meet Ben for the first time, and Ben and I shake hands and look at each other. And it's like, you know that moment when you like meet someone for the first time and you just look at them and you go, bro. He goes, bro. And you know you're gonna be buddies for life at that <laughs> moment. Has that ever happened to you, Natalia, where you just bro each other out at the beginning? Well, that's what happened. And I felt <laughs> honestly say I, I'm gonna get this intimate I think for women it's a little bit different but you like feel this little like uh you know friend crush like ooh, I want to be your friend but if I come out and say hey can we be friends it would kind of be awkward so yeah I, I get the sentiment I know what you mean and it's so beautiful how the Lord brings people into each other's lives like when would we ever have crossed paths in life other than you know, through doing the Lord's work, I think. And yeah. since since that day we met in person, we've stayed in touch. And um, fast forward even further, I'm ordained a priest, praise God. And, you know, Ben, Natalia, and I have kept in touch over the uh, over the months of my priesthood. And in fact, uh, you sent me a, um, we, did a, we did a blessing of your miraculous <laughs> medals. Yes, yes. Yep, we sent out and some miraculous medals for everybody for coronavirus. And so we asked Father Anthony to bless the medals via via the interwebs. So we had to look into the like technical theology of blessing over the internet, but we're like, God is generous. We're gonna count it. Yeah. And so <laughs> we, we count on God's generosity a lot. <laughs> Paging a PhD in theology. So then <laughs> Natalia since I don't know if you sent me a note or a call or an email or something, but you had an idea and that you proposed to me. So why don't you tell them about your idea? Yeah, uh, I have been so ridiculously blessed by the Catholic podcasts that are out there that and have been listening to them. And I feel like they have um, changed and transformed just the ways that I think about God, my relationship with Jesus, the way that I that I live out my faith. Um, I think from maybe my own perspective, I grew up in a, in a quasi Catholic family. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a real Catholic family. Anyway, we went to Sunday mass and things like that. But I think just uh, feeling like I haven't had um, like really awesome Christian role models. And so I feel like I found that in some of the Catholic podcasts, just people that were talking about the faith in different ways and their love for Jesus and just the way that they spoke about the father and how he's so good and loving. And anyway, so I've loved that. And then I feel like a gift that we have been given is this missionary life, just a way to live out our family life and this Christian call in just a different and radical way. It's same with you, father, just like a, a call that God has put on our life. Anyway, I thought it would be cool to share stories about how we live this radical life, not in hopes that people would go ahead and, and imitate us, but in hopes that we could start a conversation about how to practically live the elements of our faith. I mean, I remember one time in my life sitting in the pews of the church and going to Sunday mass every day, but 
it was kind of a compartment in my life. It wasn't necessarily that God moved and blew throughout the other six days of the week. Um, I mean, I was going to Sunday mass and, you know, going out and partying, you know, the following weekend or, you know, wearing clothes that were not modest or, you know, just living maybe a double life or very compartmentalized, I should say. So anyway, just a, a, a way for us to just share how we live our faith to inspire the conversation of somebody else to find God in just the very practical moments of everyday life. I think that's kind of what what I desired for this podcast to be. And then when I presented the idea to you, you were just sharing with me how you try to make every homily super practical. Like how do we actually live this out? Right? Yeah, for sure. It's like the church teaches us very clearly how best to live in order to be happy. But sometimes we as Catholics, especially I think young Catholics who are taking the faith very seriously, and trying to live Catholic life, trying to grow in holiness, the question always comes back to, but yeah, what does chastity look like when I'm dating? Mm -hmm. Or like, what does obedience look like when I'm living with my parents, but I'm, you know, working and like, uh, you know, going out with my friends? Like, what does it look like? How mm -hmm. do I live it in real everyday life? So when Natalia proposed the idea of a podcast that makes the faith, the gospel, the teachings of the church relentlessly practical, I was hooked. So I talked about it to my, with my pastor. I got permission from the archdiocese. And here we are, episode one, volume one, series one, origin stories, practically cap. The beginning. Duh, duh, duh. Chapter one. Yeah. I have been thinking about the gospel and just this uh, idea of incarnating the gospel. And I think that that's what I really desire for this podcast to be is just a, a way to have conversations about really incarnating the gospel. Like what does the gospel look like in my life? What does the good news look like in my life? And uh, we all know that we are each called to holiness. You're called to holiness. And God has said priesthood is what is going to make you holy. It might beat it out of you. Priesthood, <laughs> priesthood is not my call to holiness, right? Like mothering and being a wife is my call to holiness. And they do beat it out of me. My children literally beat holiness out of me. Um, or maybe they beat all the bad stuff out of me so I can be holy. I don't know. I have to think about that. But this idea of incarnating the gospel and that we're all called to holiness is just like a way of seeing all of these different facets of God and just watching how he you know, practically goes ahead and meets us in every single element of our life. And yet my practice of the virtue is going to look very different than your practice of the virtue, right? Or, sure. or the practicals of my practice of the virtue are going to look different than the practicals of your practice of the virtue. Um, you know, whether it's from, you know, the times that we pray to the styles that we pray to the, you know, amounts of sleep that we get to the, sure. you know, ways that I go ahead and show love and charity to the, just even to the work that we do, right? Like just the way that God has called you to be holy and, and the practical things that you're going to have to do are very different. So I'm super excited about these conversations because I feel like your way is not the right way and my way is not the right way, but they are the right way for us, right? They, God is like directing us in these paths and it becomes, it becomes the right way, I guess. Yes. And I love the idea that the Lord put in your heart to do this podcast with two people who represent 
as you say, like very different ways of life, but are kind of like a picture of the church. Like we have, you know, a young mom, a wife and a mother living in the South, having been on missionary trips and myself, like a man, a priest, you know, ordained like different facets of the church is, mm-hmm. you know, what the church looked like. And so we represent mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different perspectives. And I loved what you were saying a minute ago about um, how like the call to holiness is going to be different in each of our lives. And I was just thinking, you know, imagine if someone's listening to our podcast that's not Catholic or not a religious person and they're somehow they stumble upon us and they're saying, why should I? Why should I practice uh, charity? Why should I develop uh, a prayer life? Like, what will it, will it do for me? And, you know, what I would, I was just so um, caught up in the idea of doing like an experiment. You know, the experiment is you've lived your life a certain way. You know how happy or, you know, not happy that way of life can make you. I would propose that if you put yourself into like a, a an experiment of living your life according to the teachings of Jesus Christ and deeply pursuing the way of life that he holds out to you, I would say that you'll objectively be happier than any current iteration of the lifestyle mm. that you live in. Like, why, why, be, like, why be Catholic? Why practice these virtues in real everyday life? Why struggle uh, to live according to the teachings of the church when the world says it's so much easier and freer to live a certain way? Because we'll become happier people. Mm. Isn't that the whole point of being alive is to be happy? Yeah, don't we and, like, all want to be happy? I want to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> the church offers a way of true happiness. Like, and happiness isn't a philosophy or a moral code. It's happiness as a person. Yeah. Same Jesus. So, yeah. I love that. I love that example of just like trying something. I think, you know, before we came to missions, one of the gifts that I feel like missions has given me is actually a prayer life as a cradle Catholic. I felt like we went to CCD class. I was invited into relationship with Jesus when I was in high school. I went ahead and asked him for the plan of my life. I was even working at the archdiocese of Denver before we, we joined missions and I struggled, I struggled with a daily prayer life and even a prayer life that would incorporate scripture think my scripture consumption was probably on Sunday mass as it was being read to me. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have a relationship with the Bible. I didn't have a relationship with, with scripture. I didn't really know how to engage with Jesus in scripture. But one of the commitments we made here was that we had to do a 15 minute daily prayer time and it had to be scripture based. We had to like pick up the Bible. So I went, I did it out of obedience, obviously. But then the other part was kind of out of an experiment. Like if everybody says this is so good, then I'll go ahead and try it. And I did it for two weeks. And then I think something happened or whatever. And so I ended up not doing it. And I saw the difference. I was like, whoa. I mean, like, yeah, I thought I was happy before. I thought I was living this Christian life before. But now that I'm reading scripture and hearing God's voice in scripture, I realized that there was a tangible grace that was really present when I was Uh, you know, consuming the word of God that I didn't know that I was missing in my life before, you know, it just, it wasn't present. So you don't really think about it, but when it's present and then it kind of is like taken away from you in some sense or, or you're lacking it, you miss it. Yeah, it was anyway. So an experiment. So this is an An experiment. experiment. We're experimenting now. And to anyone who's listening, give yourself a two week experiment like Natalia. Experiment on us. No, like in your own life. Oh, okay. Put yourself under the microscope. Natalia dove deeply into the word of God for two weeks intentionally. 
And she said that the, the grace was so tangible, she could never go back to a life without it. So like you were a happier person and like, of course it's baby steps and it's, everything is a journey and it's not yeah. always that dramatic, but to anyone listening right now, do a two week experiment. Like if you don't pray regularly, I am going to make 15 minutes a day completely available to Jesus alone. And that's my silent, personal, intimate time with him. And I'm going to see how I feel two weeks from now. Like the proof is in the pudding You'll by your, their fruits. You'll know them. So I didn't expect episode one to turn into a experiment challenge, but look at where we're at. <laughs> Come Holy Spirit. Yeah, here we are. My other thought was when you were talking about counting the cost and how your life as a missionary is so much, the cost is so much weightier now. And I just connect that to uh, my lived experience of the priesthood now that I'm a year into it. Mm. In seminary, my vision of the priesthood was very you know, romantic and heroic and um, noble, and it still is those things. But now, a year into it, it's so much more, you know, dirty and blue collar and mm. uh, in the trenches with the people and in the trenches in front of the Blessed Sacrament at night. And my experience, my cost is weightier also. The th I've learned that after the honeymoon period of the priesthood wore off, it became a, um, a challenge, a test of like everything that I was attached to in the world. People, places, things, ideas, comforts, all of them were tested one by one. Mm. Like, will you put this on the altar of sacrifice? Will you give this up? Or not necessarily give it up. Are you willing to give it up? Kind of like an Abraham and Isaac kind of thing. Sure. Are you willing to do it? And that's what I was thinking of when you were um, talking about how the cost kind of increased as the deeper you go into the Lord's will. Yeah. What was an example of that? Would you mind sharing just one example of something that the Lord kind of said, will, will you, will you sacrifice this? Is it, is this worth from the giving girl up? Who, from the girl who said right before we went live, oh, I don't want to be too vulnerable. I don't want to overshare <laughs> okay. too much. Okay. Pick a not so vulnerable one. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the, the most obvious example is my time. Mm. And which is worth I'm more than gold. Time is like our, well, yeah, time is our most precious commodity. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm 36. I had a career before I entered the seminary. And I also lived a certain way before seminary and before basically, uh, you know, really trying to follow Jesus with my whole heart. And having an evening like where you are in complete control of your time is a beautiful thing. And there's solitude is such a gift. And then in this way of life of diocesan priesthood, your time, basically, I think you get like sometime in the morning to yourself to, with the Lord. But from then on, pandemic aside, you're really kind of like sprinting through the day, sometimes doing things you would m rather not be doing. And there's this temptation to say, I don't want to go to this meeting. Mm. I don't want to... Um, have this phone call with this person who I know talks a lot about things that I just don't want to get into right now. And constant battle of, will you let your time belong to the people? Will you give mm. yourself to, you know, so that's kind of the, the, the top thing that stood out for me in terms of uh, counting the costs this year. Yeah, totally. 
as a missionary, I, I worked at the Archdiocese of Denver in the vocations office before we joined missions. And so I had a heart for seminarians and priests, which probably was why when I got your email, I, I just was in love with you. Like, oh my gosh, a seminarian. I love seminarians. <laughs> Not in a weird way. I was married. <laughs> but in like, a, I just have a heart for priests. And anyway, uh, if my previous boss is listening to this, I apologize in advance, but my previous boss would go ahead and take a day off during the week and I was not allowed to schedule him for anything. And that was his day off. And as a, uh, what's the right word? Naive, stubborn, arrogant person that I was at that particular time. I thought a day off, you've got to be kidding me a whole day off where you just get to go play golf or whatever you do. Lots of priests play golf. It's really cool. Anyway, I, I was a little taken aback by that. Like you guys have all this time in the world, but didn't really understand really that your time is totally not your own. So fast forward, we go ahead and go into missions and we stand out like a sore thumb because we are white and American and we're in rural Mexico and we don't look like the people. We don't act like the people and everybody in the town knows that we're missionaries and we're there to serve them and to help them. And so literally on the way to the grocery store, we would get stopped. And as we were, you know, unloading things from our car, we would get stopped. And Ben and I are vacuuming out the car at 11 o'clock at night one night. And some woman goes ahead and stops us and asks for a cup of coffee. And it was just a constant barrage of, you're here to serve me. Let me ask you for things. And I realized, oh, my gosh, you do need to take a day off. You need to, like... For us, we needed to take a day off and a day away, like lock the doors, don't let anybody in or go, you know, out to the nearby city or whatever away from the people. So, yeah, I could only imagine that, like, you know, somebody sees a caller and they go, oh, a priest, he's got to be the nicest, coolest, best guy ever. He's, you know, like he's God. All let me is, go talk to him. All that. We confirm that. Yeah. OK, yep. <laughs> that is true. Anyway, so just that. You know, it's the same with motherhood and children, right? Like, they don't give you a break. They just constantly barrage you no matter what. And it's because our vocation is one of service, right? Our time is definitely not our own, not even our sleeping time. Love is sacrifice. Sacrifice yeah. is painful. And also, I loved that when you were telling that story about your time in the archdiocese, and you said, I was naive and stubborn and arrogant. And you past tense that. And I looked over at your husband, Ben, who's sitting next to you <laughs> as we're recording this. And he just, out. he just gave the slightest <laughs> little flicker. What was it uh, that you said? Everything takes time or, you know, baby steps. What was that part you said about baby Something steps? Something about baby steps. Something Four about baby things. steps. I was, yeah. You know, I baby stepped, you know, a, a couple of times in the last year. In the interest of uh, saving my own uh, skin here. carcass <laughs> uh, yes she has significantly grown <laughs> in her patience and <laughs> and in her selflessness since we first got married but you also said marriage and priesthood are a vocation of love so God so uh, Ben has to love me no matter what <laughs> I think that, and with that, we should welcome aboard the third member of our podcast team, Practically Catholic. That was Ben Schumann, yeah. our audio engineer, tech expert, air conditioning repairman, <laughs> car mechanic, and lover of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Welcome, Ben. And, and all around eye candy. My mom always said I had to face the radio, so, you know, I'm blessed <laughs> to be here. So. <laughs> We've included him in so he can keep me honest. 
As was just demonstrated. And in case anything, you know, hits the fan in the midst of recording. Recording. <laughs> He's the love of my life. Anyway, on all of the other podcasts, they are going to ask you to like, subscribe, share it with a friend. And we decided to be totally different and radical. And we do not want you to like, subscribe, or share it with a friend. But what we would like to do at the end of our episodes is go ahead and uh, do a Hail Mary moment. So, Father, tell me this. I'm not a big sports person. So, like, when they have the Hail Mary moment in sports, what does that even mean? So, you're going to take the sports ball and run to the first hoop. And then the referee hands you a goal line. <laughs> Wait, do you just, okay, I'm not a sports person, but you just confuse like four sports. <laughs> no, no, that's really what happens during Hail Mary. Ben can vouch for that. <laughs> in other words, there's no way in heck that this ball is going to go anywhere. So we might as well just try our best and throw it up in the air. Look at you. Look at you. Is yes. that it? That's essentially what it is. Okay. You got it. All right, well, we're going to have our Hail Mary moment on this podcast because without the Lord, there's no way in heck that this podcast is going to do any good for the kingdom whatsoever. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I know that the Lord answers prayers. I know that he's sovereign. I believe in him, his grace and his mercy. And I believe that he is just going to knock this one out of the park if he wants it to. So we're going to invite you into our Hail Mary moment uh, not only for this podcast, but I think more than anything, our desire is that this, we hope that this podcast would build the, the kingdom. We really hope that this podcast would help somebody come to know the Lord and to encounter Jesus in a new, a different way that this podcast could in some sense, change a life. I know only Jesus changes lives, but that this podcast would help somebody to live their Catholic faith or even their Christian faith in just a new and different and radical way. So Will you join me, Father Anthony, in praying our very first Hail Mary? I'd be delighted to. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May each of you know the peace of Jesus Christ, which is beyond all understanding. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ooh, and Amen. check that out. You listen to this podcast and you get a priestly blessing at the end. Woo! Free of Thank charge, you, Jesus, for technology. <laughs> Free of charge for now. We might be charging later. A quarter we'll a blessing. We'll see how what the Lord wants to do with that price. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't come at us. Don't come at us. We're kidding. Nothing is free. Not even discipleship. <laughs> Come on.